Episode 71, The Throne here. I got to put my phone on vibrate. Got to make sure my shit's on vibrate. You feel me? I always I always forget. But uh, we're here, joined by the great Dominic Delaney. Did I say that right? Delaney, yeah. Perfect. That's me. Okay, like uh, like the comedian, right? John uh, Delaney? Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Okay, perfect, man. So we're here. Uh, Dominic, bro, you make music. You're an artist. Um, is the only thing you play guitar? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was about... Eight nine, you know, okay. my dad taught me that, um, and then I dabbled with piano and tried to go through music theory. And then when I was eighteen, I decided to DJ for, DJ. for a while. Yeah, really? Yeah, and I tried my hand at producing. It turns out I'm terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I stopped doing that a couple of years later, and and I missed playing guitar, and so I really got back into it when you say producing you because i've had on a producer before he does like trap beats and shit like that mm. so when you say producing like what year was it that you were doing this because that kind of defines like what kind of music you were trying uh, to do right? this the had era. to probably be i i got interested in djing probably around 2013 so this was okay. this was around just after the whole skrillex hype oh yeah you know? i remember the skrillex hype and and i was I like you know as a as a musician it's hard to find a it's hard for some people to find other members to make a band right and so it became kind of like well screw it i could just make stuff on my own on the computer so you were making dubstep for a little bit yeah so i i dabbed in dubstep and and i still love dubstep to this day Really? Um, yeah, you know, like I love the, like Excision. I love Datsik, even though he's oh, in, he's in a little bit of trouble. I haven't heard <laughs> anything from like I haven't heard Datsik like that name in so long, dude. Uh, last, you said he's in trouble. Yeah, last I heard from him, he was in trouble. He was he some allegations of. Of what? Women. Oh, and, he got me too. Yeah, he got hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah, that's and, not good. And so you know that was the last I heard from Datsink. Uh, but like I started working with people and I started DJing in the scene. I DJed at places like Club Cinema, Club Space. Oh shit! Okay. Um, and during the time, I had a lot of fun doing it. But over time, I started to feel like it wasn't. Uh, community that was helping each other. It was more. Um, let me see how much I can do better than this person. Right. You know, and that just wasn't something that interested interested in me anymore. And um, that's when I decided I was like, you know what? I've got this crappy guitar sitting in the corner of my house that I haven't touched in years. Let me get back to this. And that's when I found, you know, like I grew up listening to punk rock, played in punk rock bands. Right, right. And uh, that's where it really came down to. I found a community that was accepting and that wasn't putting other people down. And it was more, I'm interested in what you have to say. Right. And that was way more progressive to me than, than what the DJ scene was. 
Yeah, no, I feel you, man. It, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm a big fan of like, um, I, I mean, especially during the Skrillex era. Like, I was all about that shit. And then I don't know. At some point, I started listening to like classic rock, like Pink Floyd and The Doors, and I just got over. It. I, I just kind of like listened to. A dubstep, like it was almost like an epiphany. Like I just woke up one day and just wasn't in a dubstep anymore. You know? Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, it was. It it sucked kind of for me, <laughs> you know, to because I remember the first time I, the first time I ever listened to Skrillex, and I'm being candid here, which yeah, yeah. I was 18 years old, and at the time I was dating this 24 year old girl, and. Right. She had a place, which was cool with me. Hell yeah. And so I could party my ass off. And I ended up taking a whole bunch of acid. And um, That's the first time you heard Skrillex was tripping? Yeah. Oh, wow. I And it was a, there was a thunderstorm going on. Shit. My ass sat outside for about eight hours listening to the same, like, eight songs over and over again. And I was like... I could do this. <laughs> it was like a revelation. And then like, I, like once I hit like 20, 20, 21, I was just kind of like, damn, I'm tired. I don't want to do this shit anymore. Yeah. I'd rather, you know. Well, what, I mean, what, what kind of tired it out for you? Was there a certain like, um, like moment that you just realized? I kind of have a, I kind of have a, like a, a thing inside of me that, makes me want to do everything as extreme as I can. Right. And that goes even towards, you know, what I'm doing now. I try and play as many shows as possible. Okay. You know, I don't give a shit if it's a Monday night, a Tuesday night. You know, I want to play the show. And that kind of fizzled a little bit when it came to the DJ scene because you see the same faces and then there's just a lot of people who it, it just came down to people being a little more fake than they were okay and respectable and it was and there's a lot of great people in the in the EDM scene and stuff like that and i i respect a lot of people in that scene still right but for me i just couldn't find what i was looking for which was mainly a sense of belonging you know, um, I totally didn't. I didn't necessarily have um, a giant fan uh, fan base as a DJ. Right. I had right, a lot right. of friends who came out to shows and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. But you know, it was never. Um, it, it never felt genuine to me. And I still keep in touch with a lot of those people. And a lot of them come out to my shows now uh, because. At least the ones who are open-minded to other music. Right, right. You know, and that's that goes back to what I was saying. Is like, it's not that I don't like dubstep or drum and bass anymore. I still love that music. Okay. Um, it's more just, as far as the performance goes, I felt I could do more. Right. And, I mean, going back to what you were saying before, as far as, like, the scene um, not feeling like they support each other, do you feel like... Um, in the scene you're in now, it's more of a camaraderie? Absolutely. I feel like in this scene, it's a community. I mean, I've been back playing live for about uh, a little over a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I've met prob uh, probably 20 different artists and, and bands who are 
all about helping each other out. And that's where it's, um, and I mean, the importance in that is we're all artists and we are all, we all have a message to say and speak and, and let other people know about. And a lot of the times that relates to other artists. And so, I mean, I, I started playing open mics and stuff and then I met a lot of people and we essentially started to say, hey, screw these open mics. Let's go book our own shows. And yeah. and that's how, I mean, I have great friendships with people. Uh, there's a band called The Moon Men. Oh, or, I've heard or, of them. Or, yeah. I yeah. heard of them through Sammy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sammy uh, Sammy played drums uh, <coughs> for them for a little for bit. For a little bit, yeah. Um, Shout know. out to Sammy. Yeah, uh, She's starting Sammy's. her own podcast, too, right now, which is dope as fuck. I know. I asked her. I told her. I was like, let me come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, uh, the Moon Men are great. Uh, Sarah Scully, who plays with, um, oh shit, I, f- I forget his name right now. But uh, Sarah Scully, I've been playing with her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Andy Styron, lot, lots you, um, of just lots of people. Have you met um, Taylor Davis? I haven't. Yo, that guy, that guy's cool, man. I had him on here. He does the open mics at Churchill's Monday nights and stuff okay. usually. Um, but he he's like a one man act. Him and his guitar, and he does okay. he has a, a harmonica too, kind of like a Bob Dylan vibe going right. on. Right. And um, man, he just tours the country, dude. Like every once in a while, he'll go on a, on like a two three week tour and you know go to different states and shit just on his own. It's a lot easier than with a band. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing where a lot of people I've met. Um, are kind of like me in the sense where I'd love to have a band. Right. But I don't know anybody crazy enough as me to put this much into it. Right. You know, and there's a guy by the name, uh, he goes by Matchstick Johnny. Okay. And he, Oh, I've heard that name. I've heard that name. He is wild. I mean, I've seen him two or three times, mm-hmm. open for him once. Um, you know, he does the, he like, when it comes to the one-man band thing, He's got it down. He's got the full bass drum, cymbals, Holy shit. and he runs everything at once. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, so he's amazing. And I've kind of, I've always wanted to be able to do that. I just don't have the rhythm for drums. <laughs> it's just what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, as a drummer, um, big respect to guitar players and bass players out there because um, you know I tried not. Try, I mean, you know, I picked up guitar like in April. Um, just to kind of do covers like for fun. I like singing, you know what I mean? Like even in my band, I, um, I play the drums and I do background harmonies and stuff. And there's some parts where I take the leads, the, the lead vocals. Um, uh, I was inspired by the Rev from Event Sevenfold before he passed. Okay. He did a lot of drumming and singing at the same time. Um, so that's always kind of been something that I wanted to implement. And I didn't start as a drummer originally when I was uh, a little kid. I started as a singer. So like my fifth grade talent show, I did a cover of a uh, numb by Linkin Park. Uh, you know, singing and whatnot. Good old LP. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know, but I mean, Meteora and Hybrid Theory. I, I love the I love those albums. Oh, dude! They I stand remember the test of time. I remember the first time I heard Faint. 
Yeah. Oh I, I man. Was, I was sitting in the car with my cousin Dylan, and I heard that. Dun, that dun, fucking dun, synths. Dun, no synths dun, in the beginning. Dun. I was like, Oh my god, what is that this? Shit, and then the drums kicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Oh man, that shit is hard, dude. That was. I was like, I'm hooked. Yeah. Like, this for is, real, man. This is. This that is melody. what I want to hear. And then it went heavy as fuck towards yeah. the middle. You scare your parents a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I was lucky with my dad, and. I'm kind of kicking myself saying this. My yeah. dad was cool as shit growing up. Okay. Because he... Ain't nothing wrong with that. He introduced me. I remember the first memory I have of my dad introducing me to music. We were sitting in the car, and I remember hearing on the radio. It had to be... I had to be maybe three or, mm-hmm. or two or three years old. <laughs> and I remember hearing on the radio, Dave Grohl's new band, After Nirvana, blah, 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 blah. This song's called My Hero. Oh, that's a banger. And I just like heard that and I was like, what is this, Dad? And he was like, this is rock and roll. And I was just like, I'm sold. I'm into it. That's fucking cool. You know, and then I didn't even, I mean, I wasn't, I was probably 15 when I finally like, like thought back to it and I was watching like Nirvana and plugged on like DVD Uh and all that stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, he's... He's a drummer, but but in this band, he's the singer and he writes everything. <laughs> he plays guitar. Like Dave Grohl is yeah. amazing. Oh, he's the man. I mean, he's so cool. Yeah, you know, he's I, he's a genuine guy. Yeah, that's man. He's he's a very big inspiration. Um, actually, shout out to Jimmy Martinez. Uh, he's a comic from New York who has his own podcast, Fire in the Whole Podcast, and uh, he gives his phone number out a lot on his podcast so I have his phone number and I've called him and talked to him like a good five or six times just chatting up told him about my podcast and whatnot but he actually has Dave Grohl's number cause oh, he met him at like a party or something so I always like to tell like yo I have someone's number who happens to have Dave Grohl's <laughs> number <laughs> but uh man if I could ever meet that dude that'd be sick as fuck yeah Dave Dave is the shit I mean I've seen the Foo Fighters live once and it is I I feel bad saying it, but it's the second best concert I've the ever seen. Second best. In my life. Oh, do you have um? A lot of people don't like you know having lists, but do you have a favorite band or a favorite artist? I do. Um, hands down, my favorite artist is a guy by the name of Frank Turner. No, uh, no, no. he's a he's an Englishman. Um, Frank Turner. He any relation to Alex Turner? No. <laughs> <laughs> he he used to play in a hardcore band in the early two thousands called Million Dead. No, um, but now what he did was essentially Million Dead broke up, essentially because they stopped being friends with each other, and oh. as most band breakups go, yeah, that kind of you know. happens. Uh, so then he started. He he grew up playing in the punk scene, and then he kind of found himself in the same predicament that I've been in, which is not having the resources to have a punk band. Right. So he started writing essentially what he would call, quote-unquote, campfire punk rock. I've heard that term before. Yeah, and so he pretty much um, released released an EP, founded a backing band and all this stuff, and some of the music that he makes, I mean, he, he has a song called I Still Believe That essentially res- uh, resonates everything that I believe in rock and roll. Like this is the song title? Yeah, I still believe. Oh, I thought the whole thing was a song <laughs> title. I was like, yo, I still believe. What? That's a long-ass song yeah, title. Yeah, no, it's, it's called I Still Believe, and like one of the lines is I still believe 
And um, shit, what is it? Pull it I up s- if you want. Go ahead and pull I it up. But, um, Frank Turner, this dude. Um, or well, I mean, because you're bringing up a specific lyric. So when it comes yes. to artists, um, is one of the biggest things that you look out for the lyrics versus something like the melody or, or the instrumentation of the song. Um, I I like to pay attention to both. Of course, um, I mean, it's hard to ignore the melody yeah, and the instrumentation. But when it comes down to artists. Like, like what makes an what makes or breaks an artist for you? Or what makes an artist stand out as opposed to other artists? Because there's, you know, a lot of people that appreciate just technical shit like Tool and, and Dream Theater. Right. They don't give a shit about the lyrics as long as the shit sounds hard. I you know I really respect bands that essentially pour their heart out into their song. I want to hear something that is Real. so honest right. that it's essentially like it's like seeing the bone through the flesh, you know. I feel you. And on and and it's something that's irretractable and something that is, you know, even sometimes painful for the writer. Um yeah. You know, and so the lyric that that Frank had uh Frank had was um I still believe in Jerry Lee and Johnny and in all the greats. Where it's like, yeah, those guys put it all out there. Like, if you listen to a Johnny Cash song or a Jerry Lee song, you just hear just pure emotion and pure rock and roll-ness. I see you what know? you're saying, man. And that that means a lot to me because I feel like that's been lost a little bit in in time. Is now in we have music. Yeah, we have a lot of songs going around today now that are kind of. I don't want to say unhonest, but essentially just fabricated. I know. I know what you're saying. You know, where it's kind of, it's just like, uh, if I turn on the radio, I don't feel like I'm hearing something true. Right, right. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that, um, uh, I mean, and this is not new. This is nothing new. Just, you know, record labels and stuff are, they kind of churn out artists or, um there's a lot of ghost writers behind the scenes, people who write songs for other people. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of the people who used to write songs for other people are now just starting to write songs for themselves and make a name for themselves, yeah. um, which I think is the way to go. I mean, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't necessarily have anything against ghost writers if, you're, if what you're trying to achieve is like pop music or something that's not right. genuine. But I feel like any time that I, I, I hear a song that, that I feel like is genuine, and then I look at the credits, and it's written by six different people. It's like it kind of takes a little bit away from the song for me. Yeah, especially I mean, because I mean, the songs I look, f- the songs I relate to most are songs that have a message that I can relate to. Of course, yeah, same you here, know? dude. So if I hear you know a song that's been written by six different people with six different opinions, and I can hear those different opinions throughout the song. You know, it it takes away from that. And it's something that, you know, I'm kind of OCD about. Like, I'll sit there and listen to I'll, Even if it's a song I don't like, I'll sit there and I'll listen to it five times and be like, this is what I don't like about it. You really? Know? Yeah. Because wow. I, I like, I don't, I don't think it's fair to, to say you don't like something without having an argument about why you don't like something. I, I agree with that. Like, I've always, and I get clowned for it a lot. Um, like when someone said, uh, like I'll bring up an artist and they'll be like, no, they suck. And I'm like, well, have you heard such and such album or how much of their stuff have you heard? And it's like, oh, well, I have to listen to everything to think they suck. And it's like, no, you don't. But like, how much have you really heard? Right. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel like, um, 
I don't know. I just get a lot of shit for having that opinion. Like, well, I don't think certain people's opinions on certain artists are valid because you might have heard a single and deemed that an artist is not great because of a single. And, you know, when it, specifically when it comes to singles, they're put out for a specific reason, to generate buzz. that They feel like they're right. the most radio-friendly or listener-friendly songs. But if you look at someone who has some deep cuts, you can find some shit that you might really fuck with, but you'll never hear it on the radio. Right. Or you'll never hear it on YouTube. They don't have a music video for it or what. Yeah, and that's kind of where, like, you know, there's so many artists out there that even even some of the the more popular artists out now Mm -hmm. um, where I might not be a giant fan of their music, but I'm open to listening to their other stuff because I might be wrong. And I think that's a a place that we're kind of in in our society is where – especially in the age of social media is where everybody has an opinion and then right away they're they're set on that and there's no room for any other input or possible exploration of you know the person's art or a differing opinion like uh that is one of my biggest pet peeves nowadays that i feel like is kind of more prevalent than before is like people like you said are so set in their ways that even when presented with new evidence that completely uh, uh, just dismantles the point of view that they have. They still refuse to, to yeah, change their mind. brush it off. Yeah. Right, yeah. They kind of just dismiss it and, uh, and continue with their point of view, even though there's sometimes facts that, that completely counteract that point of view. And it's a little disheartening. It makes, it, it makes me not want to talk to people. Like, before I used to love sharing my opinion with people. Now it's like you have a certain opinion. You have a target on your head now. Yeah. You can't, yeah, totally. you can't say certain shit or... Uh, you know, I don't know. Jokes now are are painted. people are getting fired from their jobs for a tweet. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. I, I think, in my opinion, the the age that we're in right now with this the whole social media age is what we've done is accidentally we've made a machine that dehumanizes your opponent. It right. used to be like, for instance, if you and I had a disagreement, we'd sit across this table. And we'd talk about it. Right. And either it would go really bad or we'd both find some sort of common, common ground, ground right. you know. Whereas now it's you're arguing with a Twitter handle or yeah. an Instagram picture, you know, and right. stuff like that. And for me, I, I personally don't have any time for it. You know, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's bullshit. I'd rather spend my time being productive and shit like that. See, I, I totally agree with you. And I wish that I could spend less time on it. It's just... Um and this is not necessarily an excuse. I don't like to, to make excuses for shit because you can always change your circumstances. But, um, ah, man, it's just with being a musician, being a podcaster, being anything that's not co- a conventional job, you, you need to market yourself. And the best way to market yourself, unfortunately, nowadays is social, yeah, social media. media yeah. So it's like if you're not on it, you're nothing. Like as far as something like this or something like my band, if you're not on social media, no one's going to fuck with you. No one, no one yeah. really buys CDs anymore. People do buy merch. They love merch, but um, you know, maybe someone wears your shirt once every two weeks or something like that. Um, and so it's all about the live shows and it's all about the merch. But you're not gonna get good turnout for either if you're not on social media, right? Yeah, and it's it's kind of you know it is the nature of the beast. I yeah, mean, it's like a double edged sword. Yeah, so it's not like it's it's not like you know artists like us can complain about it, 
But well, I mean, think about the 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 fact that you discovered me through social media, and right. we we're able to sit here right now because of yeah. social media. It's it's it comes down to there's people who will sort out through the bullshit, right? And then there's people who won't. There's people who will just see a post and be like, "Yes, I believe it a hundred percent. I'll I'll put my money on it," you yeah. know. And those are those are dangerous people in these times. And we're about to go back into another election year. And I don't know if I mean it was just three years ago at this point, 2016. I mean, yep. you could, you could not go on Facebook nope. like. Anything, anything was about Trump or Hillary or the voting or Bernie or who got yeah. cheated or who's the Russians are hacking us. And you couldn't the political discourse. It wasn't even discourse. It was just hate spewing. And it was yeah. a shitstorm for a whole year. dude. Yeah. Like and then even after Trump got elected, it, I don't know, man. It, it, I mean, it I, would, I would argue to this day it's still like yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes um, Facebook not fun to be on. I mean, and not. I don't know. It's just I, I used to like being on Facebook. Yeah, I would see my friends dicking around, having a good old time. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, now it's it's everybody's sharing gotta, a meme, uh, and it's like a meme has like a passive aggressive shot at someone on their friends yeah. list or something. You know, it's all good and fun, but to, <laughs> to these days, you know, it's just it, it's 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 ridiculous, and it's it's also intriguing to me to think of how I mean these. Because, I mean, most people who have Facebook, which is everybody, right. have people on their Facebook that they might not be necessarily close with. Right. And Or not know at all. Yeah, exactly. And so that you see these people's opinions, and it kind of alters your view on other people's beliefs. Right, yeah. You know, they could be like, for instance, I've seen, for instance, now that I know that my grandfather, who is a damn 70-year-old something, has a Facebook and shares <laughs> shares pretty blatantly racist things, you know, I'm kind of like, well, hey, Grandpa, that's kind of fucked. <laughs> like, you can't do that. That's right. not right. Right, right, and, right. And it brings up... So there is... I, I would... Uh, I would categorize that as a positive, I guess, because... Because it, it brings that it to It brings light. the conversation where I can actually say, hey, Grandpa, this is wrong. I understand you grew up in a time where this was may have been normal, but it's... That that doesn't make it right. Can I ask your background? Like, where yeah. are you from ethnically? Um, I am. I was born in Florida. Right. right. Um, I am Irish and Italian. So you're white. Yeah. You're double white. Well, white I, as shit. Actually, uh, back in the day, they didn't consider Italians whites. And the Irish also had uh, yeah, a, lot right. of, a lot a lot of, of prejudice, uh, prejudice Irish, against them. No need apply and whatnot. And as far as my other background, I don't necessarily know. My my grandfather was adopted, so. Okay, okay. So it kind of ends so, there. So, yeah, essentially back <laughs> to my grandfather. It's like, well, his mom was Irish, his dad was Italian, and that's where he came from. Man, I, I think when you get to that age, though, when someone's that old, they're kind of too far gone. They're setting their ways, you know, and, um, you know, no ill will towards your grandfather at all. But it's just one of those things where, I mean, is it really worth arguing with somebody of that age, you know, where, yeah. like you said, they're probably not going to change their opinion. Right, right. He's not going to change his mind. and Which is fucked. To, yeah, to but some what ex- can you fucking do? Yeah, you know to what some I mean? extent, that is okay. But at the same time, I want him to know that, that the is world wrong. is changing. Right, right. It and has changed. It, yeah. it has completely changed. Yeah, you know, and, you know, he he grew up in the... Post, uh, I mean, he was a teenager during like Korea and Vietnam. He so was like a, the sixties. Yeah, you know, a motorcycle riding, badass motherfucker type of guy. Okay, you know, and 
things have changed. It's it's just a, it's a different world now. Where I mean, my best friend who I was hoping would come here was uh, Duke Parks. He's black, and I you know he's my best friend. I've known him longer than I've known anybody in my life. Right, and. I've questioned whether I should enter or introduce him to my grandfather simply because of my grandfather's views, you know, especially because uh, Duke Parks is a rapper. He does um, smoke weed. He does do shit that is borderline stereotypical. Um, That's what you're saying. You know, but at the same time, it's... It, you know, if I when I brought my fiance to me, my grandfather, who does the same stuff, and said, "Hey, this is somebody that I love with all of my heart," he was like, "Oh, then I love her too." I question if I brought my friend Du Parks and said, "Hey, this is somebody that I love with all my heart," if he would. Is your feel wife? The same um, way. What, what, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like, what race is your wife? She's white. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't think that has she, anything she, to do with she, it? She. Uh, uh, well, I think it has a lot to do with it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think she. I think like, it has a lot to do with it. You said she does these. I mean, she might like rap. She might smoke weed. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously, it's your wife is a different circumstance. But so to this day, uh, you haven't you haven't told your grandfather about your boy. No. And have you told your boy about the situation? Yeah. Yeah. I've How talked does he feel to, about it? Uh, well. We've he's uh pretty pretty tough. No one's happy about it, you feel me? But yeah. like at the same time does he care? Uh he doesn't really. Right, yeah. I don't he, think he should. He's kinda like, screw it. He's like, I I've got my own life. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where it's like when it comes down to it, he's like, I want you in my life and I'm like, I want you in my life. Pause. And that's it. And so, you know, uh, Regardless of someone else's opinion of that, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, to some extent, I mean, you could even look as far back as like in the '60s, interracial relationships were oh frowned, super frowned upon. yeah super frowned upon, and I feel I don't necessarily know. I was never really in an interracial relationship, but. I would kind of just be like, fuck y'all. Yeah. No, like, not as you should. You know, like, fuck y'all. I'm happy. Yeah. That's all that matters. I'm here for, what, three score years or something. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I, I totally agree with you, man. And, and the thing is that those, uh, the people that give a shit about what other people are doing have nothing fucking going on themselves at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just like. Or have some reason to be better. Yeah. And when it comes to politics, I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have a ridiculous election. And I think <laughs> it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild, and I think sadly it's gonna be closer than a lot of people think it will be. I think Trump is gonna get reelected if he runs. I think he'll, he'll get reelected. I and think it's I, possible. I don't like him as pre- I don't like presidents. I feel like the whole I'm a libertarian. Like I've never I don't know if I've ever expressed that on this show. Because um, politics, fuck, bro, it's such a shit show nowadays. But I'm a libertarian, so I, I didn't vote in 2016. Right. Um, at first, I kind of wanted Bernie. What he was saying made sense, but then as the election went on, he just kind of started to get ridiculous with it. Well, the thing now with Bernie Sanders is that um, he's full of shit. First of all, I'm he, just gonna say he's full of shit. He and we can talk about that, but go ahead. He brought out these ideas. Mm-hmm. And every they're so progressive that everybody was like, "Holy shit, let's let's let's." Especially our generation was oh, like, yeah. "Let's get on board on with this board. shit." Um, From the get. Now, if you look at you know this coming election, all the Democrats are like that. Way, it's way left. Yeah, it's like holy shit. He was right. Let's do this. We'll get the young vote. Shit like that. 
Which um, is so fucking, like, scary to me, to be honest. It is. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I, I've got to say, for me... Excuse my dog, by the way. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. She, I love she dogs. She loves barking <laughs> during the podcast, so I'm sorry, y'all, too, but go ahead. Um, for me, like, when it comes down to the politics of, of this upcoming election, the standout for me is Kamala Harris. She is ridiculously vigilant on the fact that she's not going to back down for being black. She's not going to back down for uh, living in a segregated community growing up. You know, she's educated. She's willing to go up against Joe Biden, people like that. Who's a fucking clown. Yeah, I mean... Joe Biden's a clown. The first the first Democratic debate was entirely Kamala Harris whooping his ass. Wait, but I'm sorry, are you a fan of uh, Kamala Harris's politics? I am. Really? I am. Uh, we should talk about it. <laughs> she, she, for one thing, there was a um, there was a bill essentially where Trump wanted to fund the wall in exchange for funding the wall. He would allow the DACA kids to remain as U.S. citizens. Kind of fucked. Kamala Harris voted against it, and uh, on The Daily Show, Trevor Noah, which I would like to take a sidestep and say that my generation and our generation is a generation that has gotten the news from shows like The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, Trevor Noah, people like Stephen Colbert. um, Who are all super left now. Yeah, and but they're also, and that's the funny thing is like when you look at the Colbert report, he was a fake right winger, right? Yeah, yeah, and so it's interesting to me that like that's where I essentially I wake up every morning. Those are the first channels I go to on YouTube, and I try and see what happened yesterday. And what happened was essentially Donald Trump had this proposal where he would have funding for the wall, and that would grant DACA kids their citizenship. And Kamala Harris said, fuck you, because that's essentially holding these DACA kids as ransom, which she wasn't going to do. They they are on a bargaining chip. We promised them something, and we're going to fulfill that promise, you know. And so that's something I can respect. And her views, you know, I haven't necessarily gone through her whole portfolio. Right. But for the majority of her views, I could support the fact that essentially what she just wants is – People who come to America legally to be Americans, which I could totally agree with. No, I can totally get on board with that, too. I just can't say for sure that that is her only viewpoint. Right. Because, um, and I don't know, you can tinfoil hat, yeah. you know, all that shit. But I feel like the Democrats don't really give a fuck about um, the immigrants. Like, at the end of the day, humans are... People whose first instinct is self-preservation. Uh, so it uh, doesn't matter what politician it is, except for the only one who I felt was truly authentic was Ron Paul. But that's because Ron Paul, I mean, I'm not religious, but he was a Christian doctor who gave birth and, and gave medical services to people for free. So if that motherfucker is not genuine, and, and, and for you could tell from the debates and stuff that he was coming from the heart. But uh, that's probably the only genuine politician that I've known to this day. But like I said, humans are built for self-preservation. Always me first. Like I don't know too many people that right. are, are other that put other people ahead of themselves. Not even their own mother. You feel me? Well, so for me to believe that um, this person who spent their entire life 
working for the government, pretty much working for themselves, putting themselves in a higher position of power. All of a sudden, when they become president, they're going to have my interests in mind. Or even when they're mayor or governor or senator, I just, and, and when they're getting a payroll for it. Uh, also, I, I, a line of work that I had was um, selling uh, chemicals to municipalities, which municipalities are like local governments. So like the city of Fort Lauderdale or the city of Hollandale Beach, whatever. Right. If they need to fix their road, or uh, you know, kill some weeds in a public park or something. They'll buy weed killer, road patch it from us. But they won't just buy it from us. Uh, obviously, they're using tax dollars, and right. what we do is give them incentive, quote unquote, to purchase our product using your tax dollars. Right. Uh, I mean, that is just the essence of it. The at the even at the lowest level, someone who's a superintendent of a county of schools is going to spend. A thousand to five thousand dollars of your taxpayer money for something that he could easily get at Home Depot for a cup for hundred bucks, all right. because I'm gonna give him a Yeti cup or a gift card yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. So at the highest level, I gotta imagine it's way bigger than that, right? And I mean that's where you know I can't believe there, that it's genuine. You know what I mean? I find it hard to believe. There's the saying where it's all politicians are corrupt. They are, and it's except for me, bro. It's picking. It's picking the. Least corrupt one, which is which is which shit. Is shit. It's, it's, it's shit. a fucked up system. I mean, if it were up to, I mean, I growing up, you know, I was a at one time as a angry teenager. I was an angry, uneducated anarchist. <laughs> then I became an educated anarchist, and now I've become a realist. Okay, where it's, I mean, we're not going to get anarchy. We're not going right, to get rid of the government. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of it's like pick the best deck from the or pick the best card from the deck. You know, for me, I feel you on that. But what I do uh, is just I choose not to participate. Yeah, I also feel that it's dangerous. In what way? Um, for instance, uh, last election. You know, if if our generation, you know, if the younger generation had probably turned out to vote, but we did turn out. Hillary won the popular vote. She lost the the, the electoral yeah, college vote. So yeah. technically, people showed out, and more people. But and and that to me comes back to the essential point that I believe is that it's a waste of fucking time because all those people that voted for Hillary, they won. They more votes right. went in for Hillary, and it did not fucking matter. Right. So and so now we're stuck with like this question of is the electoral college working or well, is it well even this is the it, only time we've know. ever questioned it right because the president uh that is not necessarily liked one but i feel like it's so hypocritical for people to question that now no one questioned the electoral college when obama won two years in a row no one questioned the electoral college back when bush won even though he was a piece of shit yeah so it's almost like okay as soon as they don't get their way let's bring it into question but if it went right. their way and hillary won i guarantee you no one would give a shit about the electoral college yeah that's i i agree with you we, i i think that our generation still has the duty i mean you and i both remember uh who was it P Diddy wearing the voter die shirts? Yeah. You know? Yep. Um and as messed up as the system is, if all we can do is vote, then I still think that that's important. But could you imagine if no one voted? Oh, I would love that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I would love that, but it's just it's unrealistic, you know. I just feel it's like ki- it's kind of like one of it's like the Area 51 thing going on right now, you know. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I, I, I told, that's <laughs> that's totally. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know that that shit's crazy. But uh, uh, as far as like, I just feel like uh, if more people had that mentality, man, you know, like there's a whole liberty movement right now where libertarians are moving to the state of New Hampshire. 
to literally outvote like shitty policies and like make New Hampshire like a libertarian like haven and like much respect to all the people who are relocating to make this a possibility through voting and doing it the right way. I just feel like we're we're feeding into the hand. And what I was saying before is that the Democrats don't genuinely respect or uh, care for the suffering that immigrants go through on their way to a better life. I think they want them here because they want the votes. Right, yeah, Most absolutely. Most immigrants are going to vote blue because Democrats offer them free shit. Yeah. And, like, like that's the layman's term, obviously, free shit. Like, that's, like, the, the, the most basic way to say it. Right. But um, at the end of the day, you can be an immigrant and come here and go to public school and not have to pay a dime. I mean, you can get free lunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have nothing against that. Everyone, um, I, I wouldn't say education is a right because saying things are rights, it's so black and white. I mean, like, when people say healthcare is a right, um, I disagree. And not because I don't want people to be healthy, but because something like healthcare is a service that someone provides you. Someone went to school for 10, 20 years to become a doctor to be able to provide you health care. Yeah. So to say that we're owed their services for free makes no sense to me because um, I'm a musician. I don't owe anyone my art. Right. My yeah, art yeah, may yeah, not save that. lives, but at the end of the day, that's their livelihood. And to say that yeah. they should work for free or they should take a pay cut because what they do is saving lives, at the end of the day, they worked hard to get to where they were. I don't think anybody has a right to their service. So the same thing comes with free education. Those teachers worked hard to get to where they were, and they deserve a paycheck. So you can't just give away education for free because no one's going to want to be a teacher. There's going to be no incentive there. Well, that's actually – it's funny you bring up teachers because both of my 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 father and my stepmother are, are both teachers. Mm -hmm. And actually they're at Spanish River, which is going through some um, controversy right now with, okay. with their principal uh, – you don't got to name names, you know. No, I won't name names, but uh, you know, he's essentially saying he he got he got in some trouble for something not, he said or something he did. Something he said. Okay, which he, is fucking ridiculous. He unless it's something disgusting. He didn't say he he wouldn't admit that the Holocaust was factual. Okay, that's fucking weird. And, and then you can't have someone in charge of education who doesn't right. You're in an the educator, yeah. you know. Because for instance, we That's teach fun. we teach slavery. Yeah. We teach World War Two. We teach World War One. We even teach the goddamn Civil War. And barely. We teach. I feel like our history books are so skewed. But go on. See, and well, that was like like history was my, one of other than English history was my favorite class, mm -hmm. and I was the kid who would, I'd stay late and I'd ask questions because I wanted to know more and. There were times where I'd ask a question and my teacher would tell me, honestly, I can't tell you this because you're too young. Oh, wow. And that that was acceptable to me because at least he was being honest. Right. Whereas essentially what, what this former principal did, he has been reassigned. Uh, essentially what... Reassigned as in sent to another school? As in sent to uh, pushing papers at the district. Okay. Okay. Um, so he's not a principal anymore. Yeah, no. He's he, not in charge of kids. He's no longer in charge of kids. At least there's that. You know, um, he... You know, it's just... The, like, there, Especially, I mean, Spanish River, where I went to high school, is in Boca. Okay. Boca is a highly Jewish, Jewish population. yeah. You know? Uh, and it's just kind of... It's just like... I wouldn't go down to, you know, Miami and just start <laughs> talking about yell, how yelling at us great. Yeah, like yeah, I no, wouldn't it do no it, sense. you know? And so 
it's and even the fact I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to stay neutral. He mm-hmm. was trying to say, look, I'm an educator. My job is to educate the curriculum I'm giving. Well, That's what he should have said. Well, I, I feel like part of your curriculum should be history. World War II was disgusting, and the Holocaust was right. real. And Absolutely. We should know about that. Yeah. And, you know, especially, like, I'm a, I'm a huge history nerd buff. Like, I've studied um, World War II for years. And if you look at, like, the, the easiest... Um, thing I could throw out would be the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, you might know them from the TV show The Band of Brothers. Okay, um, yeah. You know, they they discovered a camp, and they saw the people there, and that was traumatizing to those guys. And it was tra- obviously it was terrible for the people in the camp, you know. And to have files and proof of that happening is... It's just fact. It's just there. And it happened. So, yeah, it happened. There is no denying. You know, that. and so the there's pe- people who are alive now with tattoos on right, their arms exactly. from the Holocaust. And so, like for for people to to say like, oh, it might not be factual. Like that's a that's I try and stay civil to whole, to everybody I meet, but to those people, I would say fuck you. No, like, I think that it's shit fucked. happened. It happened. No, no, no. Holocaust right. deniers are, are are I don't know if they're idiots or just pieces of shit. I think it's a combination of both, you know? Idiotic uh, pieces of shit. You know, even, I mean... I mean, the Sandy Hook people, the people who say that there's uh, uh, paid, like, uh, 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 times, uh, crisis actors, is what they call yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, like, even, like, uh, with uh, Stoneman Douglas. The Parkland, you know? yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went down to the, me and my fiance. I mean, I grew up playing hockey uh, for, I played hockey for Spanish River High School, you know, and Stoneman Douglas was one of our biggest rivals just because they were so good. And playing them sucked. I hated it every single game. Um, I felt inclined to go down to that um, memorial that they did down there at the park. And so me and my fiance went, and I'm the first one to tell you I smoke pot. I've done a lot of legal things. I'm no. A class citizen, right? But I hugged a police officer that day because that cop was crying and I was crying. And for people to go out and start uh, accusing the, the kids who came out and were talking about their stories and talking about you know what they went through, calling them crisis actors, that was just I, I was I was red hot about it. You know, it's disgusting. You know, I, I sat like we when we were down there at the memorial. There were a solid probably 100, uh, I'm sorry, 1,500 people, wow. you know, just huddled around a tiny stage that would typically ho- hold like a local band, you right. know. And and for 17 people, especially a lot of kids who didn't have the chance to graduate, uh, it, was, it was just gut-wrenching. And to this day, I mean, I retired one of my guitars. One of my guitars had a... Uh, I put the eagle on it, you know, for Stoneman Douglas. And mm-hmm. I've gotten, I retired the guitar actually because I would play at a lot of bars and I would get every once in a while I get a drunk asshole saying, fuck the Eagles, you know, talking about the Philly Eagles. Right. And it would kind of just be like, dude, no, it's not that, you know. And so I wanted to, I even thought about putting like the MSD instead of the eagle, but I was like, you know, what? I'll just put this guitar 
you know, in a case and, and let it sit for a while. But Trunk fucks. Yeah, you know, it... And and it's red. Yeah, I know. And the only thing I, I won't, I don't want to blame them because I understand sometimes I'm under lights, and so the light might make it look different. They might not know, and they just but might be still, like, "Oh, this dude. guy's." Someone's on fucking know. stage doing their art, and the only thing you have to fucking say to them is "fuck the Eagles." Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and turn around, have your drink, and shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, honestly, bro. Like, as much as I would love for people to come out to my show, if that's what the fuck you're gonna do, then don't even come to my show. I'd much rather pay for three people who are paying attention than a hundred people who are going to fucking not. be an asshole. Bro, I, I feel you 100% on that. And actually, um, one of my favorite shows was, uh, I don't remember if it was on Halloween, but we ended up doing a, a show on Halloween there later. Um, and we did a cover of uh, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Yeah. And um, the the sound guy and the, the owner of the venue were at Mike McSween. And shout out to Mike. Uh, he told us, man, he was like, yo, that was like one of the dopest versions of comfortably numb like i ever heard usually bands butcher it blah blah i'm not trying to gas myself up but um uh and i remember i was asking around like yo does anyone have a video of that does anyone have a video like i want to see a video and like my couple of my cousins were there and like the other bands and some friends were there and stuff and they're like no one had a video and to me it's like everyone was so locked in to the performance that no one even thought about pulling out their phones and right getting on video and like to me that kind of mean like we were in the pocket we were yeah. in the zone i love that yeah as much as i would want to have a video it, it made it this moment for us and those people in that room, and that's it. Yeah. I do feel that our society has gotten into this rhythm of substituting uh, documentation for experience. Oh, 100%. You know? More people are about, I need to get this picture on Instagram more than let me experience right. this moment. And I'm so guilty of that, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally, I'm guilty as well. I mean, every, you know, I've played, uh, to date, I've played 156 shows and every single there's a picture from every show on my Instagram, you know. Um, but I don't even have 156 posts. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it bothers me. Like for instance, like I'm a huge. I I grew up surfing. I grew up dicking around at the beach, and so like when I go to the beach, I'm there to be in the water. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with my dad being like, "No, I'm not going in the water. You go in the water." And it's kind of the same with my fiance. She'll be like, "I'm not going in the water. You can go play in the water." And I'll be like, "Fine." <laughs> I'll go play in the fucking water, and then I'm in there, and then I see a whole bunch of you know the girls will post or uh, uh, post themselves up on the sand, you know, try and get the perfect picture and all that stuff. I'm like, look where you are. You're in paradise. Like this is as good as it gets. You know, and it's all about enjoy. the angle. And yeah, the video like where's the filter? And the lighting. And, yeah, like make sure they tag their friends. Yeah, no, t- it's it's a pain in the butt. It's 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 kind of sad to see it in person too. It is definitely. I mean, and there's someone who know, gets a delicious plate of food, and the first thing they do is take a picture instead of eat it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or even like uh, I don't necessarily have this problem too much, but a lot of bigger artists do. Where you know, if you go to a concert, you know, people in the front row, if if the person in the front row comes up to the barricade. And, you know, the, the singer's right in your face, and they're trying to make a moment, and you just hold up an iPad. You know, God it's just... damn. Who's bringing an iPad to a show <laughs> in the pit, first of all? But second of all, how are you going to hold that shit up in front of the dude's face when he's literally right there? Yeah, it's kind of I can't even just, imagine that shit. It's kind of just like, you know... Connect uh, with that person. Reach yeah, your hand like out. This, Do this something, This is a man. moment. This is something that, you know, is special. And and that's kind of what I... I you know, my music does have a bit of humor to it. You know, like for instance, the single that I sent you is 
essentially about my friend saving me from a bar fight. It's it's great song. It's right? literally called "Have My Back." Yeah, because he had my motherfucking back, you know. And I've had you know I've had a few people with their phones out, and I'm fine with it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like uh, who was it? like Radiohead where they're like. No phones allowed. Right. You know, I'm yeah. not going to do that shit because that just seems ridiculous. But at, there is some point where it's just kind of like, come on. Like, I'm right here. I'm singing to, to, to you guys. I'm trying to, like, I'm essentially a storyteller. And furthermore, a lot of musicians, especially where you brought up Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd used to not like to say they were entertainers, where it's kind of like, shut up, you are. You are an entertainer. You well, know, what did you, they want to say they are? They were... They were artiste. Well, I don't see anything you know? wrong with that, but I see what you're saying. You know, where it's like your job, essentially, is to entertain. If people are paying, especially at a Pink Floyd show, you know, if people are paying 30, 40 bucks to come see you, your job is to keep them entertained. In a way, yeah. You know? And, you know, other than... I don't... I wouldn't say... That your job is to keep them entertained. Because I feel like if someone buys tickets to your show, your job at that point is just to showcase your art. And whether or not they're entertained or not is kind of up to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Gigi Allen. That motherfucker was wild. Yeah. And, like, he wasn't really... He was just doing wild shit on stage and people decided to pay for it. So, like, was he an entertainer or was he just a crazy guy? I don't know. Well, I think I think that kind an of artist, blurs... An abstract that, artist. That blurs the lines of entertainment because i mean i think gg allen is like the perfect mix between like the sex pistols and fucking steve-o you know <laughs> <laughs> like because right, gg right, right. allen was gg allen was a badass hands down and nobody Wild. can nobody could tell me different about that you know but at the same time even if you weren't dancing you were entertained because you were paying attention because that shit was wild. But was he trying to entertain you or was he just being himself, you know? You That's, feel me? Yeah. Like, what, would you think Gigi Allen would consider himself an entertainer? I don't know. You that's feel a, me? That, yeah, that's a good point. Which I is mean, why I don't give flack to Pink Floyd if, if they really did say that. Right, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that to some extent <clears throat> that's kind of where... I'm going to quote another Frank Turner line. There's no such thing as rock stars. There's just people who play music. Some of them are just like us, and some of them are dicks. <laughs> and that's that's the truth. I mean, there's some guys, you know, uh, who play music, and they do it for the money. They right. do it, you know, for the, the glory and the fame and the glamorous backstage parties. And then there's also another side of it where it's, I have a story to tell or I have a song that means a lot to me and I want to show you that. And it's not to say that those lines can't be blurred, but there definitely is a line somewhere where there are artists out there who are just like, I'm just going to fucking throw down these lyrics on this track. And especially, I mean, in the hip hop game today, you know, I'm going to throw these lyrics down on this track and then I'm going to go party for two years on a tour about it. Right. You know, Whereas other people might be like, I spent two years making this song. I'm going to go tour a week about it. I feel you on that. And, and the thing is with hip-hop and, and trap music and rap music nowadays, and I mean, kind of always, man, like, 
um, you can't have Metallica featuring new up and coming act. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when you have rap, that's a genre where someone could feature you and they basically co-sign you and like they introduce you to their yeah, fan base. Essentially, they give you, they kind of hand you a fan base. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you do two or three features, you you can I guarantee you're taking a sizable chunk of each of each person who's ever right. you, song you featured on, and then vice versa. You put someone on your track and their fans are gonna come listen to your shit. Whereas a, as a rock or folk or um, metal musician, that's not really an option. Right. Well, and that's where, like, um, there's two things about that that I think. One is, you know, I don't think as far as, as far as when it comes to, I'll call it band music. Right. You know, where bands are playing. I don't see anything wrong with doing songs with anybody else and having them come out and I think that's great because that's where I feel that community you know for instance my my boys in the moon men we we're not a band we don't play together as a band but we're great friends and Devin the lead singer will hop up and sing a song with me I'll hop up with them and sing a song with them and it's just because we love the music and we're there and then the other point would kind of just be that Putting people on a popular song might get them fans, but it could be very short term. For sure. You know, and that's where we go back to like the ghostwriting and stuff like that, where it's, you know, I want to, I want to hear something true. I want to hear what you're actually, what you actually have to say. You know, I don't want to hear about your guns. I don't want to hear about your money. I want to hear about how many women you've slept with. I want to hear about what's breaking your heart. I want to hear about what makes you angry, what makes you happy. You know, I want to know what what drives you to continue to live, essentially. No, and I totally agree, man. The the all the artists that mean a lot to me are artists that I've related to lyrically, artists that have, uh, or at least have made me feel like I'm not alone, made me feel like there's other people who feel the way that I feel at that moment, or have felt yeah. the way that I have felt in those sad or, or happy moments, and um. I just wish I had that in me to be able to write lyrics. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, you have an EP coming out in August. Yes. Um, and, I mean, you kind of been on and off with the guitar as far as, like, you know, you dropped it to be a producer and then you re-picked it back up. So, um, and you listen to a lot of music. And for me, the acoustic guitar, from what I've learned, <clears throat> a lot of the songs kind of use the same chords in different ways. So do you ever, how do you avoid sounding like some of the songs that you like so much or like some of the artists that you like or is it something that you just kind of embrace because it's your sound even though it's, um, it might be inspired by someone you like or someone known? I definitely, growing up, I was a four-chord guitar player. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I knew four chords. I knew my G, my C, my D, my A minor. Um, once I got back into it and realized you know the the extremities of the guitar you know i had to put the work in i put the work in to learn scales you know and to learn um what chords go together and so there are songs where like if i hear a song that starts with the d chord i'll be like that's the great start to a song and i'll stop that song and then i'll go and try and figure something out myself um that's not to say that some of my songs don't sound like the people I'm influenced by because a lot of them do. Um, there's also this uh, great device called the capo, 
Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's my best friend right there, boy. Yeah, so that makes you sound like you uh, know a lot more chords than you do, um, <laughs> which helps out a lot. But um, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to say that the guitar is secondary to the lyrics that I write, but it is definitely, I, I don't write one at a time. I write both at the same time. And so when I'm playing guitar, if I'm playing something that I like, I'll be humming and then I'll be like, oh, this word fits here, this word fits there. And that's kind of how I I do my stuff. And then, I mean, if somebody listened to my album and said I sound like, you know, uh, Acoustic Flogging Molly or Frank Turner or Will Varley, I would kind of be like, Thank you, because right. you know that's essentially what I'm going for. But my message is different, right? Um, and so, when it comes down to sounding different, I've started to feel that that's not important, almost. Because, I mean, for one thing, I learned that you can't copyright four bars of music. Uh, so if you have a song that is uh, four chords and it's four bars and it's just those chords, and it sounds like someone else's, you're fine. But, Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are... I, I wish I was a lot better guitar player. I'm, I'm, I continue to learn to this day. I've been playing for almost 12 years, and every single day I learn something new. Um, but really it comes down to, does the song get the message across? And and that's like I was saying earlier. Like I do have some humor in my songs. Like I have a song, "Broken Finger," about how I broke my finger working in a metal shop, talking about how a, a prescription for Jameson would be great, and if I had extra money, I'd get some super dank weed. Like <laughs> you know, and uh, that's kind of where that's kind of where I lie. I kind of lie in the middle of humor and. Um, technicality i guess i feel you man so when it comes to this new ep do you have a name for it i do it will be the chubby ep uh <laughs> chubby is a, a song that i typically close my sets out with uh-huh. um a lot of people seem to like it uh that's a song about my fiance telling me that i'm developing a beer belly oh nice which is you know blatantly true uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun song, and it's kind of it encompasses the whole campfire punk rock vibe that I was going for. Gotcha. Okay, so what are um, some of the biggest inspirations uh, for this EP songwriting wise? Like, what inspires some of these songs? And definitely. What makes you want to share them with everyone? Uh, definitely, Frank, um, Will Varley. There's a guy. He goes by the Homeless Gospel Choir. His name's Derek. He's from Pittsburgh. Um, well, when I say one inspired, uh, not necessarily um, like other musicians. I mean, like life events. Like, wh- oh, what are okay. the songs about? Uh, the songs are essentially about daily life, really. Um, right. Some of them are about the past, about growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, uh, for instance, I have a song about my childhood house, which I uh, squatted in when I was about twenty-one uh, because it was abandoned and I didn't have anywhere to live. And so I felt like, hey, there's a song in this. You know, I grew up in this house, and now I'm squatting in this house. Um, There's a song, uh, there's Broken Finger, which sucked because my finger was actually broken when I was writing it. And that's kind of, it was like an angry song. Um, 
then there's another song called Sad Songs, which is the, the main line of it is sad songs make me feel good. You know, because sometimes, you know, it, you could you could be in a shit mood and you put on a sad song and you're like, yeah, th- th- this feels great. My favorite <laughs> type of music is sad music. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it is just daily life. Um, there's, I do, I like I said, I, w- I am a bit of a history nerd. And so there is a lot of historical references uh, just to, to weird you know, <laughs> historical it events and stuff. It makes your music you, though. It makes it unique. Yeah. You feel that Dominic Delaney personality. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, when I get on stage and I, and I show people the songs, you know, I, I have played shows to, as we were saying earlier, I've played shows to 100 people who didn't give a shit. And right. then I've played shows to 10 people who loved every song and came up to me after and told me they related to the songs and stuff like that. That's and that so meant great. that meant so much to me. So... Yeah, it's essentially just about daily life and about trying to get through the day and figure out why we're here and what we're doing. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I've always been, um, like, some of my favorite artists, just to spit some out, uh, The Strokes, Pink Floyd, obviously, um, Mac DeMarco. I love that dude. Um, Arctic Monkeys, the singer of the Arctic Monkeys. He has a side project called The Last Shadow Puppets, if you ever heard of them. Um, all these bands, like I feel like they pour their heart into the music, especially Mike DeMarco, bro. But he has daddy issues. I have daddy issues. Right. So you know, we all relate to music for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like, there's girls who try and explain to me how deep Ariana Grande is, and you know, I'm sure yeah. she is to them. But right, I didn't get broken up with by some guy, and blah blah blah. So I relate to other shit, and you yeah, know, that shit's just not necessarily mainstream. Like. No one in the car is trying to hear about why their dad doesn't like them or whatever. Well, and that's something that I've grown to understand is that music isn't a competition. Right. You know, it's, there is, you know, if somebody's album sells more than yours, then good for them. Right. That's fine. That doesn't necessarily, uh... It doesn't mean that your album's any worse. Right. You know, your album could be way more true than theirs. Right. Um, so I think that... As long as you're making music that you're happy and you're willing to share with people, then you're on the right path. I think that's a that's a great message and that's a great uh, way to, to wrap this up, man. Um, it's been really cool speaking with you, bro. Dominic, yeah, thank man. you so much for coming out. Thanks for having me. Y'all need to make sure in August. Do you have a date? August 1st. August 1st, the Chubby EP, Dominic Delaney. Make sure y'all check that out. Where can people find you on social media? Go ahead and plug uh, all that shit. Facebook, I'm Dominic Delaney. Instagram, Dominic Delaney. Twitter, Delaney Dominic. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody already took that shit. Fuck that uh, other one. <laughs> uh, and then the EP will be coming out. It'll be on Spotify, iTunes, fucking every streaming Title. service. Uh, you SoundCloud, know, YouTube. Yeah, SoundCloud, YouTube, Fuck everything. Yeah. So get the Chubby EP and, and help me feed myself. Any live shows coming up? <laughs> yeah, we're actually... Oh, I, sh- I this should... This comes out this Friday, so just for reference, that'll be the 20th, I believe. Okay, yeah, the so... 19th, the 19th. All right, so... so uh uh, next show will be the 25th. I'll be playing at Propaganda. Oh, with, Yeah, with that's actually my hometown. Ah, okay. So I'll be a hometown, hometown show with uh, Sarah Scully and the Moon Men. And then um, August 9th to 11th, me and my buddy Du Parks are running a nudist festival. 
Okay, so y'all are going to be naked out there? Hell yeah, we'll be naked. Interesting. Uh, and you know what? I got the first time we did it. This is the fourth time we've done it. Fourth. Fourth time I've been booked for it. This time we're actually running it. Wow. Uh, but it's the fourth time I've been there, and the first time we got our chuckles out, we were laughing, and then about 30 minutes went by, and we realized everybody was looking at us like we were fucking crazy because we had clothes on. <laughs> and so we were like, screw it, when in Rome. Uh, it's a great time. We have a lot of vendors coming out. We have workshops going on, tie-dye workshops, uh, writing workshops. Uh, this one guy, Carl, gives awesome massages. Naked massages? I mean, he doesn't, like, touch you with his junk, but, yeah, he'll give you a... Uh, hey, man, when you need a massage, you go to Carl Harris. That shit is fire. <sighs> Shout out to Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Carl. But, yeah, so uh, the festival will be going on from August 9th to 11th. It's free for first-timers. Anybody <laughs> returning is uh, $20. How do you know? <laughs> you, just, you just take Wait a guess. Wait a minute. Your dick looks new, sir. <laughs> you bring out a, you bring, they bring out the measuring tape and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, shit. If your dick is below a certain amount, you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good time. It's, uh, and uh, to... to uh, a disclaimer, you don't have to be naked everywhere. The only places you have to be naked are inside the pool or inside the hot tub. So that seems like a fair deal to me. Oh. Uh, there's a campground where everybody parties. We have about an eight-foot-tall bonfire. Holy shit. And we we get wild. We stay up till about five in the morning every night. And This uh, is where? It's in, Lo- it's in Loxahatchee. It's a place called Sunsport Gardens. Is that in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Where? It's Loxahatchee. I don't know where the fuck that uh, is. Just... Uh, like hours away? A couple hours away? No, no. Well, maybe from you. Maybe it might be from from here in Hollywood. It might be Two about hours? an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, so not too far from Lake Worth? Yeah, it's like if you go to West Palm and then just go as far fucking west as you oh, can. Oh, God. Until you, hit the, the, until you hit the lake. The Everglades? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you don't deal, deal with gators or nothing trying to bite dicks off? There was actually a gator. Oh, great. There was a gator last time. It was a six-footer. and God, uh, damn. Yeah, he was he was actually in the lake right by the campsite. Uh, I shouldn't be saying this while I'm trying to promote the event, but, you know, he was... he he, he, he mined his business. He was fine. He was know? enjoying the bonfire. He, yeah, he was he, enjoying the show. He was just having fun, Wait you know? first chance to tear it flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so... Man. Well, definitely, if you're interested in being naked and getting massages and having a good old fucking time... Make sure y'all check that shit out. I'm sure you're going to be promoting it all on social media. Oh, hell yeah. Shout out to your boy, Drew Park. Uh, Drew Park, right, isn't he? Yeah. All right. Uh, and um, I'm sorry, my, my short-term memory is gone off. <laughs> but um, as far as me, every episode from now until I decide to give up on this is brought to you by <laughs> you know, you're the band.com. Uh, you know, that's where you can find all my band's tour dates. Uh, both our EPs are on there for your free listening pleasure. We got some videos up there. Any general information that you want, you can find on our website, youknowyoutheband.com. Thank you for sponsoring us, myself. Uh, and uh, soon, the shop will be coming, and you know ya, and we'll be selling merch on there. Hopefully soon for you guys. I'll let y'all know when that's up. Um, as far as the throne, if you're listening, you should already be following me on Instagram. You should already be subscribed to me on iTunes. But if you're not, uh, the throne podcast with underscores on Instagram and on iTunes, you can find me... Uh, 
at the Throne Podcast. We got links and all that shit in my bio. And uh, make sure y'all check out my boy Dominic Delaney again, bro. Episode 71, bro, has been great. Thank you for coming out. Hell Open yeah, slot. Thanks, Anytime you want to come back, tell Drew Park if he wants to come Hell and yeah. promote his rap music or just talk some shit. Tell him to come through. Hell yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much That's for having up, me. And we're going to end it with a song. It'll be uh, uh, Have My Back. Yeah. So, Save me from a bar fight. Yeah, we're going to let that run. So make sure y'all listen to that, man. Peace. Oh. Y'all know this is long overdue Been through the ringer But I pulled through I'm just pounds on the ground So I call you Head out on the town For a fight or two And I'm trying Hard not to think I can see the signs Rolling in And if I have too much to drink Will you have my back again? We'd be rich one day Back in the halls of Alpha Bay We would write, we would write, we would write all along Living is easy for one more song With time now that was ages ago I'm working this machine to a thousand shows Now I write, we were right, we were right all along Living is easy for one more song Now I'm trying hard not to think I can see the signs rolling in And if I have too much to drink Will you have my back again? Trying hard not to think I can see the signs rolling in And if I have too much to drink Will you have my back again?